Amrita? Bhakti. What happens when caste enters mainstream media? I don't know. I guess it means more interesting roles for upper caste actors. Gosh, uh, you're right. Cynical, but that is correct, Amrita. Um, and I guess uh, it's not funny because it's almost true at this point. Um, and I think one of the things we're trying to tackle today, we're thinking about the representation of caste in mainstream media, TV shows, Bollywood, uh, you know, all kinds of uh, books coming out and so on. And it seems like we're at a really interesting moment uh, in India where there is a sudden visibility, I would like to say, wokeness about caste politics, discriminatory uh, practices that have become the center of attention and uh, are now, you know, widely accepted as stories to be told for TV and film. Right. Uh, and I think the last decade seems to be particularly productive. Would you agree there's a shift at the moment? You know, sadly, you're, I think you're right, because it seems that we have suddenly woken up um, from thousands of years that we were not paying attention. And the last decade, you know, I'm thinking of all these films, Saira, Fandry, Article 15, which I saw recently. Um, mm and a host of other South Indian films. Of course, I just came out of watching the series The Hard, which I liked very much, but we can mm -hmm. talk about that later. And then the whole controversy and the episode um, in Made in Heaven, part two, right? right? And um, I mean, they show a certain kind of, the problem of casteism and the discriminatory practices, but, I want to know, Bhakti, what do you think of all this change? I mean, I feel that there is a shift, which is yeah. a good thing, but what does this visibility mean? Yeah, exactly. And I, before I forget, I would like to tell our listeners that uh, we are going to have an incredible guest today who's been dealing with a lot of trolling and controversy. Um, uh, we are going to welcome Yashika Dutt. And uh, this is the person on whom an episode in the TV series Made in Heaven was based and they didn't credit her. And it turned into this massive controversy. And instead of just saying, thank you, you know, we loved reading your book and building this character after you, they sort of doubled down and uh, decided uh, to um, kind of, you know, put her out and uh, cast her out and then insist that it's not her story. And then she's being trolled heavily. And here there's an intersection, of course, of caste and uh, gender. So there's a lot of misogyny she's been experiencing. And she's going to tell us, really, she's the one with the answer. Like, what happens when caste enters mainstream representational kind of politics, right? I think, yes, there is a shift. You're right. You named a lot of interesting, uh, you know, uh, movies and series and and so on but the truth is what what does visibility mean you know when we think about questions of representation sometimes there is also this idea that it's a kind of death by inclusion because you dilute the politics of the culture so intensely um, or you exploit it so thoroughly that you lose the granular ability to really understand a certain community or a certain, um, you know, a certain kind of population uh, in an illuminated light. So yes, we mm -hmm. want the visibility, of course. Why would we 
you know, want invisibility. Sure, you want things to be uh, visible. But when these things become trendy, I think we have to bear in mind uh, that we uh, end up messing them up. And mm -hmm. I guess what we should talk about is what are some of the messy ways in the in in messy things that are happening. Yashika's story is unique; it's interesting. Yeah. But I expect many people are feeling that their stories are being appropriated. Is the caste being represented well? That's the, is caste politics being represented well? Right, and, and I think that you know you raise some really important points here. First of all, you know, it's is it just about thanking her and giving a credit. I mean, I think people should also realize that, you know, it's histories of erasures. So it's not just putting a credit line out there, right? You know, there's right. something else behind that asking for a certain kind of acknowledgement at play mm -hmm. here. And then you're talking about visibility and representation, which is so true. And I can't wait to hear from uh, Yashika about the story, about what happened. But also we need to pause and I guess, reflect about what's going wrong when you say that by inclusion. I mean, suddenly all of these uh, really um, sort of pushing the boundary films, right? People might think yeah. that, hey, some work is being done, so why negate that? And yeah. I think what you're asking is what happens to that kind of representation? Is it then uh, sort of doubly doing a certain kind of uh, victim victimization of, yeah. um, you know, quote unquote, lower caste people or Dalit people. And, you know, let's start with maybe this film that really, for me, was a tremendous game changer, Sairat. I think it came out mm -hmm. in 2014, Marathi film by yeah. a Dalit filmmaker, Nagraj Manjule. And, you know, I was horrified. I, I couldn't sleep for days, I think. Um, it's a horrific film. It's a, yeah. it's a great film. But then, you know, there's it backfired in the kind of criticism online in the online space. Um, yeah. do, do you know what what happened with this film, Bhakti? No. So you know, I I felt that you know the kinds of criticisms were that it was a cautionary tale being oh told, saying that you know, do you see what happened to the characters? And there's this uh, upper caste woman, Archie, and then there's this uh, lower caste uh, boy. Mm. fall in love and they elope and they get married and then um, there's an honor killing by her upper caste family including, including the child it's a horrific film and, and really a reminder of what uh, is around us but what you know the online trolling happened in a way which said that oh don't ever go in for intercaste marriage see we should be keeping right. these boundaries intact uh, yeah yeah see like the skewed messaging where it's like yeah. Oh, maybe not kill somebody for yeah. that <laughs> instead. Like, yeah. oh, just don't go there. It's yeah, it's it's disgusting. Also, uh, sadly enough, there was a lot of you know kind of bad digging about the filmmaker's history, his personal okay. life, excavating, you know, putting it on online that what kind of a human being he is, and you know, a really sad and tragic ending to an important film. So the after effect of something is also tremendously problematic. Yeah, no, right? no, I hear you, I hear you. Uh, one of the issues that I, I uh, had sensed or I've been observing, and I think it's maybe the practice is less now, I don't know, um, but like one of the things you see is like representation of certain castes and class conjoined often 
they will use brown face you know they will they will darken the skin because you just automatically assume this narrative around certain colors for certain caste or certain class uh, and this is a very widespread practice um, yeah. of course in bollywood so that's one kind of ridiculous thing the thing that um worries me also is like um, a kind of pornography of violence like i thought article 15 you know took on very bold themes and so on but i think like the depiction of violence it's sort of like um i think was so extreme and so intense and so gory that it didn't dignify those people Mm-hmm. um with uh you know it, it didn't dignify the story you know there's a way to do this that that is done right i have to say though and i think we have talked about this before but we should kind of rehash it again i like the hard which was also done by the way by uh, tiger bay films which is zoya akhtar and reema uh, kakti who are now uh, the offenders in the yashika dat story yeah. uh, but i like the hard what did you think Well I can I just go back to something very important you said about article 15 I recently watched it um and I felt exactly what you're talking about in terms of the representation of the dalit people what we have is this kind of you know um a important actor Saini Gupta I think is one of the dalit woman characters and she's brown faced in the film significantly and then the portrayal of the uh people uh the dalit people are in in a really deplorable light uh they are victims they are constantly you know very skinny um they are um you know there is no empowerment and the only empowered character is this upper caste brahmin who is the savior of the mm-hmm. entire situation and the context in in the investigation and brings change so really are we shifting any kind of stereotypical depiction here yeah, yeah absolutely and you know you cannot have stories of discrimination and marginalization and abject abject levels of violence uh, unless the story turns and shows also empowerment and i understand that we're very far in india in the lived experience of it uh, to think about uh, the normal normal lives of people Mm-hmm. uh of of certain families and so on and i know people are there is so much poverty there is so much uh, you know intensity and scarcity and precarity and i get it but you know there is also spaces of joy there's also spaces of normalcy Absolutely. they people they also enjoy their birthdays or you know what i mean so you know when you just focus on like the ripped apart violated body you yeah. know you're doing a lot of harm also to the representation Yeah. That's it though. It's interesting because you know the protagonist of the hard Anjali yeah. Bharti is the name yeah. of this cop, you yeah. know. She's like this extra cool cop played yeah. by um uh Sonakshi Sinha. We don't want to touch upon the fact that this is like a nepo baby or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I liked the hard Bharti. I did like no, it. I I liked it too. But I think one of the critiques was like who is this? You know, is she really from a certain caste community because she's like riding around a motorbike she goes for jogs at night none of this is plausible so we're not willing critics even are not willing to accept yeah. that there is an empowered type like that right that's the point i i actually do agree with that i mean here is when we do see a shift in representation of a dalit woman and then there are critiques about 
how is this fitting the narrative? Why is she jogging and riding a bike? Oh, that's the point being made, right? There is yeah. this gaze that we need to shift and uh, change our optics within and without, right? So, yes. um, but, you know, let's not throw away the baby out with the bathwater. Let's stick to <laughs> And, you know, it's sad that our bars are so low that now, you know, um, I, I do feel that the heart is slightly different from Article 15 and what's out there um, yeah. because it is... Uh, of course, showing the horrific nature of prejudice and discrimination of caste, but also yeah. intersectionally with uh, misogyny and patriarchy and, and mm -hmm. what happens then to that. But the critique is also that, you know, all of these women's stories who actually died because of um, casteism and misogyny, their stories are lost. And what we have is this real focus on uh, the villain, the figure, the murderer. Would yeah. you agree with that? Is that you know, kind of erasing the women's stories in the series? No, I don't think so. I mean, yes, he's a very alluring actor. I think the plot great is very yeah. uh, enticing and interesting. And uh, and he did a great job. But I think you have the counterpoint. You have the counterpoint exactly. in the woman character who realizes, who makes the link. And every time she enters the Thana, you know, the police station, mm. you know, there is another cop who burns incense because, you yeah. know, because of her cast. Yeah. I mean, these little touches, I thought, just, they were so shocking to me. You yeah. know, of course, people do, people do these horrible, horrible stuff, you know. Yeah. And I think they, they managed to get at it. And I think, yes, that actor is alluring. Of course, we follow him with our, you know, heart in our throat. Um, but I think she remains a good counterpoint. And I agree. I mean, you know, there are, they are these small, uh, subversive spaces in that series where you know even when at the end and I don't want to give it out completely but the claiming of the Dalit identity where she has uh constantly not used her name right yes exactly she claims it and mm -hmm. you know and one is a constant reminder that even with a power position like uh you know authoritative cop force in this little town, uh, she would not be allowed to enter spaces for, to investigate because a certain, you know, space is considered pure or upper caste. And those are really important ways of showcasing from the perspective of this woman, how caste really unraveled yeah. around us right? yeah. and the horrific nature of it. Yeah. I mean, look, Yashika is about to come in a few minutes, but before that, can we quickly say that that Made in Heaven episode was very moving? I mean, I had two reactions. One, it's like, oh, this is based on Yashika's book. I know it. How cool. And yeah. then the second reaction was like, wow, this is like, this is really beautiful. Like the wedding, you know, I'm I not a wedding person. Like that was just so absolutely gorgeous, wasn't it? It was a great episode, Bhakti. I mean, you know, what happened as an after effect, we will obviously talk about it with Yashika, but it is a good episode. It is it is the kind of representation that I would like to see. And yeah. yet, you know, is it is it enough? That's a yeah. larger question that we have to pose to ourselves today, right? Yeah. And, and you know what? Before, to be fair to Yashika, she also said she loved the episode. Uh, it was made by a Dalit uh, director. And then it all sort of went sour. And I see her now um, in the studio. So we'll ask her more details about it. Hi, Yashika. Thank you so much for joining us on this episode of uh, Extra Salty. I know how busy you've been, how terrible the last few weeks have been. And thank you so much for making the time. Really, we are so grateful and so honored, actually. 
No, thank you so much, Pakin. I'm Welcome, Yashika. Thank you. I'm really, I'm really honored to be here because, as you said, last few days, last few weeks, it yeah. felt like a battleground. So to be mm-hmm. in this kind of space where I can't, I don't have to just explain myself over and over again, but we can talk yeah. about the larger cause of these issues is very freeing. So thank you. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think, you know, what happened is that the way in which the controversy with the Made in Heaven episode unraveled, uh, it really pushed Anybody thinking about media and Bollywood and representation and TV uh, is, first of all, the way in which uh, all these shows and films and even books and stuff like that have really exploded in the last decade or so. Amrita and I were just talking about films like Sairat, Article 15, sure. lots of like South Indian films. And then, um, a fil- and, and, you know, a show that we love, but you can tell us whether we should hate it and we will, was The Hard. Uh, And then, of course, um, you know, there's Made in Heaven. And I think a very interesting focus, of course, on gender, which is much appreciated, whatever the problems there might be. And then, of course, we've seen the new Ava DuVernay um, films are out in Hollywood, the film called Origins, based on uh, Isabel Wilkerson's book cast. And I know it it has Ambedkar in it. It has, you know, writers like Suraj Yangde in it. So, you know, there's lots going on. And I just wanted to start with what, why, what do you think has prompted this shift or this change in the recent years? Yeah, I think that's an excellent question. I want to start by saying I don't think I'm in a position to recommend what people should watch or shouldn't watch. I think, you know, I think we we should be able to parse. We should have that understanding of culture. My hope is that we create this broader understanding of culture where every audience member, at least folks who are, uh, you know, subscribing to these streaming services will be able to parse for themselves. They will be able to make their own decisions because they can see what's happening on their screen, whether that's working towards the right cause of representation or not. So I I just want to start by saying that. And I think you rightly pointed out, you know, last couple of years, we've seen this, you know, some could call it a really welcome explosion of um, Dalit representation, Dalit-oriented stories, storytelling, media around our culture, which really was not seen before. And I think the way I understand that, and Sarah is probably one exception, but all Mm. these movies happened more or less after 2016. Mm. And, uh, you know, 2016, as we know, is the year that Rohit Pimila was institutionally murdered, where he was forced to commit suicide and take his own life because of, you know, the casteism that he was experiencing at his university. And that became such a turning point for Dalit narratives. It uh, it forced us to take a look, you know, somehow at everything that we were um, doing in terms of, or not doing in terms of Dalit representation and Dalit stories. We took a massive look at journalism and that, you know, especially in journalism, this wasn't the first time that that issue had been talked about. It had been talked about 2007, 2010, 2012. We were talking about where are the Dalit journalists, right. you know, and I think, 
with Rohit's story that really was brought into focus, who are the people who are covering the story? There were massive protests, student-led protests that broke out in, in Hyderabad, where people were demanding that his death be recognized rightfully as the institutional murder that is. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, when we saw his Dalitness being brought into question, people said he's not Dalit enough because he had, you know, one of one parent who was probably OBC and they wasn't sure if that was the case or you know but his mother who raised him was a Dalit woman and that's you know so all these questions that were so you know the the cruelty that we have seen I think in the past five weeks is very the similar level of cruelty that we experienced back then when we saw a culture attacking somebody and of course the stakes are so much higher that is um, so much more significant moment in terms of how it forces us to take a uh, relook at our culture mm-hmm. and it did you know we it i think in my opinion it gave rise to this new dalit narrative that we are seeing right now whether it was in music yeah. in arts in journalism you know and i think one of the reasons my story captivated a lot of people mm-hmm. was because i was a dalit journalist and people just had not heard right. of a dalit journalist openly expressing their identity until that time i'm mm-hmm. very thankful to say that there are so many now but if you remember there was a piece by sudipto mondal that came right after i think in 2015 and he like counted a couple of people and there weren't more than five seven of us and that's a shocking number in a country as large as India and I think that moment allowed us to say where where is representation in cinema and of course there were Marathi language films that were already focusing on caste because you know Bhakti as you know there is so much assertion for caste in Maharashtra so you know it wasn't surprising that that assertion came from there or from the south for example i think bollywood or hindi film industry and television has been so late to catch up to what was already going on and now we are beginning to see after many years they had this attempt with the mayawati movie which was not um which was again you know criticized rightfully so for not depicting the character with the depth and sensitivity that they should have or um lately we've had the har for example which is again you know if you look at it why the same makers of made in heaven so you know and and i'll be completely honest with you it was on my watch list but after the the (laughs) violence that has ensued from their end i don't think i can make myself watch that anymore no you shouldn't you should Um, so but Everything that I've heard about it, you know, in terms of the portrayal of the characters seems remarkable. Like a strong, assertive Dalit woman in the police, which is, you know, which is frankly a version that so many of us had. Like, at least as far as my family is concerned, they wanted me to become like Kiran Bedi, you know. Wow. Um, Wow. The whole thing was that you joined the IAS because for decades and decades the only way available to Dalit families who wanted upward mobility who wanted to break from the caste professions was to join the IAS right so I I empathize with that story and I I also want to say that you know for me coming from a Bhangi family coming from a manual scavenging caste IAS was probably the only option available so that's a very relatable story Mm. but at the same time the reason for that explosion I want to say this welcome explosion is Dalit people are yeah. the is the anti-caste space no matter you know despite of 
how brutal that space has been personally for me over the past five weeks, I still want to say that it's the voice of the people that made an industry like Bollywood consider our stories. It's Mm -hmm. folks like, you know, um, whether it's Paranjit or whether it's Neeraj Kevin, who with so much difficulty made that space for themselves mm. and yeah. you know made those stories profitable um gavin made a masan and article 15 i'm guessing right. before he expressed his dalit identity openly and if, i could be wrong with the timeline but i know masan was made before he admitted yeah. to the fact that he was dalit so wow. i think um People have been inside and making these changes from the inside. Dalits have been a part of the Hindi film industry in particular for a very long time. Mm-hmm. And now they can assert themselves thanks to the culture that has changed outside of Hindi films. Mm-hmm. Yashika, sense? I wanted to quickly talk about, I mean, you mentioned this culture of explosion and Indian cinema and the entertainment industry. And thankfully, some bits of changes are happening. But the majority of people from upper caste backgrounds or let's say nepotist privilege are creating this kinds of you know visibilities possible and producing all the thinking about caste that you know we're seeing around us right and they have this huge voice and power that you mentioned that you know mm-hmm. it's dominated by bollywood thinking and what viewers should think about caste or what is the representation of a Dalit person, whether it's a gendered person or not, um, a woman or not. And what are the inevitable pitfalls though? I mean, you mentioned some of them, yeah. but what are the pitfalls in creating these kinds of visibilities? Yeah, yeah. when upper caste folks have the voice to generate that. Right. And we're coming out of the chat, Bhakti and I, where we were talking about, you know, a certain kind of victimization that gets stereotype again and again. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I yeah. think that's a that's a really important question to ask. Who's really pulling these strings? Who's really mm. lighting these projects, right? Like over here in in just in, you know, coming back to this case that with Made in Heaven, they thought they did everything right. And they did, mm-hmm. right? They hired a Dalit director. Um, they gave him the free reign at least to direct one episode uh, or two episodes that Kevin has directed and really portray the character in the way that he finds sensible and sensitive. Mm-hmm. I think those were the things they got right. But when it, came to, when it came to actual representation, when it came to actually crediting the person whose story that they had so blatantly taken, and it's like, I want to say again, it's not just my story. I'm not married. So of course that's not, you know, the character's choices are not mine. I'm sure that many of them are Gavin's himself. But at the same time, the the infrastructure of that character is very much points back to me. And when it came to giving that credit, they behaved in the same violent way that Bollywood has always behaved with people who have asked for the rightful credit. So they went back to their, to their, I would say those uh, roots of violence and denial and, mm-hmm. you know, the ideas that anybody's stories is there for them to take because they're doing us a favor by depicting us on screen. Just, you know, I know you asked about what are the pitfalls of upper caste or dominant caste people wading into these Dalit waters. I think uh, we have to, we cannot ignore what's going on currently. Or, you know, even with the Mayawati movie, for example, it was created by dominant caste, acted by dominant, dominant caste people, directed by them. And when they were criticized, their response was, fine, then we won't do these kind of stories anymore. So, you know, even with this whole um, 
five weeks ordeal. I've heard it again and again with many dominant cast commenters who are just eating popcorn on the side say, oh, her demand is just going to make more people more reluctant in taking these type of stories. Yeah. Well, you're not doing us a favor exactly. by taking our stories. You're doing it for your own profit. You didn't do it 20 years ago. Until 20 years ago, Kachra was a character in Lagan who was literally named after garbage because that was profitable for you. For yeah. you, the bottom line is profit. The bottom line is not representation. The bottom line is how to appeal to a global, wider yeah. audience. How to Tell appeal new to stories like, in a way. Right. And also how to appeal to global award shows. Like if no yeah. one's, you know, foolish. Everyone's seen how global, especially in the US, how, how diversity is being hammered so importantly. And it is important, right? Like yeah. whether it's East Asian representation, Asian representation in general, or obviously mm -hmm. black representation in cinema. That's changed since the Obama years in a very significant way. Right. So that's now catching up in India. But like they, I feel like a lot of people, they want the story but they don't want the person like I've said it before they don't want to really look into yeah no no I was just I was just gonna say that like I watched the episode before the controversy and I know your book I know you as a public figure and I was like oh they're doing Yashika's uh, book how exciting how fun it was immediate and I know many whatsapps went around saying yeah. that you know and then the whole thing just exploded and it was so shocking and I, I was literally absolutely baffled. But I, I want to ask you, and only if you want to share, like, like, what is the timeline? Because I felt like there was a moment when the director did acknowledge that, that it, was, it was based on you. Then there was a whole kind of lawyer or legalistic language that they just immediately pushed back against you and wrote all this stuff. And, uh, and, but, and then at the same time, it's like, you know, I think it's never clear. Like now they're making it seem like you're ungrateful and what do you want? And do you want, you know, do you even want these stories to be made? You know, all this kind of stuff. There's all these dynamics out there. And I do want to ask you like, um, you know, would you have been happy with just a little credit? Like, what is it that has gone horribly wrong for you? You know what I mean? Like, I just want you to share that if possible. I think what's gone wrong, Bhakti, is that their mask of being progressive has been ripped off. <laughs> that has gone wrong it's yeah. not it's not me changing my stance I've been the same person yeah. that they could easily pull this character based off of and say personal is political those are not my words but that's how I've lived my life um they you know so when the person that at least in part in their own words stood up to say can I please get an acknowledgement in a global way and not just on an Instagram handle with like 40, 50,000 followers that is going to be seen by some people, but not by the others. Um, it, it all, the lid blew off, you know, uh, the lid that was being very tightly preserved and, and, and held because they had to uh, project this image of, you know, women progressive makers was suddenly it was like I said ripped off and just to uh -huh. give you a timeline of what happened I think um so the show came out I've talked about this somebody alerted me a friend of mine said hey there is a likeness for of you and my reaction was that can't be because I'm not married and I don't know it's a show about weddings but when I saw that they're literally taking the first five minutes of that storyline from my interviews this is the yeah. Fede Souza interview I did in November 2020 
since wow. they are all like we met her later and the episode had been already shot and all these covering up of tracks november 2020 is when i shot my fa- uh, when the fader souza interview was online and that is what's been taken from in a very way the words etc talking about grandmother cleaning toilets and coming stalled so that was you know of course i was very happy to see that who wouldn't be but at the same time when i realized that this person they are they have no intention of linking back to my life that they had so clearly and obviously and blatantly taken from then it was heartbreaking for me and mm. i thought that you know maybe that will change and then uh, neeraj kevin acknowledged it in the instagram post yeah. which was also quite heartening but at the same time the conversation then changed the conversation was like neeraj has acknowledged her so it obviously mm-hmm. must be above board then it's clear that they took permission why else would they acknowledge the author something might, might have happened behind the scenes and when that the conversation pivoted in that way i was concerned because that was creating a narrative that wasn't true what were my choices if whether i could have been like thanks neeraj but i wish you to permission in a passive aggressive way or i could have been like hi i appreciate the episode i really like what you've done can you please also add the acknowledgement in a formal way and oh, that's yeah. all i did that's literally all i did and i said you know the little labor has been taken and erased um but i appreciate how you have set a new example and can we also just recognize the people whose stories have been taken from that created the most intense hateful reaction from them if you look at their statement they then pivoted the narrative from they're clearly taking from my likeness to the yeah. origins of the term coming out as dalit and who it yeah. really belongs to i'm right. not just coming out as dalit i'm a whole person yeah i'm mm-hmm. a i'm a dalit journalist who um hid my caste for the longest time while being in media and then talked about my identity in a very open way i'm somebody who belongs to a very specific subcaste it's the bhangi valmiki caste our ancestral profession is to clean toilets that's why that character could go and sit there and talk about cleaning toilets the journey that it has taken me you know my book came out in 2019 and i wrote about it it took me like one full year or more to even say the words bhangi on screen you wow. know it's a slur so how can i let that journey that is so uniquely and specifically mine that is not a coming out as a universal experience for dalit people a bhangi person who's written a book on coming out as dalit went to colombia talked about her grandmother cleaning toilets that is not a universal experience that's Absolutely. my experience and i think when a dalit woman stood up and said that that just yes. allowed hell to break loose because they weren't expecting somebody to so categorically say that is mine and could mm-hmm. you please acknowledge that because we don't have a culture especially in bollywood not against women certainly not dalit women ever to stand up and say that's mine i deserve what is what i've contributed and then when i obviously after that violent response then uh, anurag kashyap who has no business being a party in any of this conversations who was um forced to apologize for his uh, participation in anti mandal protests in fact headlines were like anurag kashyap has been forced to apologize for his casteist backgrounds now feels like he has the right to interfere and talk about the literary representation 
and that's allowed to happen. It's how does that bizarre twist in the tail. I've been following that. Right, and he's that. no, absolutely, and he's like also echoing their talking points. He's moving mm -hmm. it from the theft of my likeness to the origin of the term. So if you see the way this narrative has been twisted and completely messed up, that created this five weeks of avalanche of hate against me. Mm. And then, of course, there were because when you make the origins of the term the main subject and not the fact that Bollywood took my life without permission, then the whole heat is on me. Yeah. And the fact that, you know, like we were talking earlier, Anurag Kashyap went to different media houses, gave different interviews unprompted. To talk, to call me toxic, to call me opportunistic, uh, to compare me to fascist enablers, to compare me to criminal gangsters, oh. and nobody stood up and said, "What the hell are you doing? Wow. How can you say that against a Dalit woman?" There was no uproar, and that was stunning to me. That people didn't hold hold him accountable because he is um, supposedly fighting against the fascist government. Mm -hmm. So oh, yeah. because he has that standing. In the country, he's allowed to run his mouth against Dalit people, especially Dalit women, unchecked. He's suddenly yeah. the messiah of Dalits. When did that happen? And because he created and enabled this culture that, hey, this Dalit woman, you can call her a toxic, a toxic person. You can call her an opportunistic person. No one's going to say anything to you. You're not going to be held accountable. What is that signaling? That's right. how hate speech works. We've seen that in the U.S. when Trump's hate speech has this direct effect on trans and LGBTQ people, hate crimes have increased. Absolutely. This is hate speech and yeah. this is the consequence of that. And what Anurag Kashyap did was hate speech and created this avalanche of hate against me that I'm still dealing. And there was this, somebody created this really funny meme on Twitter when, you know, there's this person who's just sitting and smoking while people in this other field are like running around. And the caption was Zoya Akhtar and Anurag Kashyap watching Yashika that being um, accosted by everyone else, especially the uh -huh. anti-caste community. And, you know, it was... Funny. I mean, I could see the humor in that, and also accurate because where is Zoya Akhtar, Rima Kakti, Alankrita Shivastav, and Anurag Kashyap in this conversation? Why right. is this about me getting the hate and not these people? Because yeah. they're the Bollywood establishment. So this is the timeline of mm. how things have happened and how they've muddied the issues and how, even unfortunately, many people on Twitter who claim to be anti-caste, claim to be from the anti-caste space, have chosen to defend them instead of defending me. Why that happened is anybody's guess. But the fact is that a Dalit person, a Dalit woman in particular, was left completely on her own to just ask for her own credit mm -hmm. and was attacked in the most brutal way. There was this idea that, how dare you do that? You're ungrateful. You should be so happy that we even chose to represent you. Like, Bollywood is not in the entire world. Mm -hmm. I live in the U.S., you know, if I yeah. somebody's taking my likeness, they need to damn well credit it. And that's Absolutely. all I asked. But their response was, how dare you? Do you I'm know we are Bollywood? Yeah. We'll, we'll yeah. teach you a lesson. Right. And, you know, I wanted to exactly ask about that nature of attacks and, you know, really cornering you in a space when what does this mean about asking for credit? Right. It's not just, you know, there is a history behind it that you talked about it. Right. It's centuries of erasures and it's Dalit labor and uh, you know in the west you would have to create a certain kind of inspired from message right but so it also talks about the larger structural 
system here mm-hmm. and what would you then like to see in this as a change in structures of erasures of certain kinds of um, complete silencing of voices and representation of India what does the entertainment industry slash Bollywood dominant um, cinema urgently need to do right now I think they have to stop posturing I think they have to stop you know oh, gosh going after stories because it makes them a quick buck or makes them look good or right. you know makes the emmy say wow so progressive get a conscience like, yeah, yeah like oh look at look at this progressive cinema coming from india and of course you know the committee doesn't know what the reality of these shows are you know you talked about how in the us this would be a given and this is a very important point to discuss because let's say if this was being aired on star plus or sony you know, then it would be a very different set of rules. Then that's the industry standard. Then, of course, one would be like, that's what Bollywood does. It's a global show. It's been, I saw it on Amazon Prime US. It's mm-hmm. available across the world Absolutely. to a diaspora who's been eagerly waiting for that. They received an Emmy nomination and rightfully so, you know, for portraying this um, gay character that has not been portrayed in Indian television, at least Hindi television and sure. film history. And that was pretty re- radical and remarkable. So when they are competing with, you know, at least let's say US made television and cinema, then how can they, and and they're showing themselves on these streaming services, how can they say that we are above the guidelines that are followed by all of them? How can they say that we don't care about the practices that are already in place for many decades now by all these that have been hard fought for? This is like a growing pains moment for Bollywood where they're like, oh, damn, we can't just, you know, go ahead and take the stories without the permission. We have to do the right thing. We have to do it in a way where we actually credit the people whose stories we are being inspired from. Yeah. And I think that change needs to happen when people it's and it's not going to matter, you know, like me saying this here is not going to change culture in Bollywood. But my hope is that people understand, you know, how how the bread is made, really, yeah. like how how things come together and how things come together. At least a lot of people have talked about in the show itself. And the episode is a standout smash hit yeah it's really beautiful it's It's very nicely done but like other stories within the show a lot of people have commented that this is not the only story that they seemingly plucked from the headlines except this time it's my life story but there are other stories that they've like taken from current lives and sure that could be you know understood that this is just reflecting culture but this is someone's life and i think that's where they blurred the line like you know you asked earlier what is it that Bollywood can do? Right. In a couple of interviews, Ms. Zoya Akhtar and Reema Kakti and Ms. Srivastava said, you know, we took a one-day crash course from Neeraj Kevin to understand what caste is. Oh, my is. God. And that wow. is the most laughable thing it's that ridiculous. anyone can ever talk about caste. You are a person, you are a group who's not made one, but two seemingly anti-caste progressive space shows. And how you did this was uh, on a one-day crash course? Not to mention, uh, she's from like a very privileged family. <laughs> the Akhtar family is like years in this world and wealthy. They've yeah. been around for years. They've, they're Bollywood royalty, some would Absolutely. say in many ways, right? And they've, this is, 
this is not you know i'm not trying to make this a conversation on a long line of like the work etc but just to focus on this moment of you know in terms of their anti caste work like we all love dil chata hai like of course because that was their life and yeah. they were just able to predict that but when they're wading into territories that's not their life one day yeah. crash course is not going to cut it you yeah. really need to invest yourself and and hire like gili putchi for example they had right. researchers they yeah. had dalit people yeah. on set they were not shy and that was also neeraj gavan that was netflix the the production uh, of that show ajeeb dastan was created by karan johar production Mm-hmm. they credited and they didn't have to i mean there was you know no obvious parallels there but konkana sain sharma accepted two awards and then talked about coming out as dalit neeraj kevin talked about coming out as dalit so one would imagine that that same practice would follow in made mm-hmm. in heaven but it didn't like look at the remarkable differences between then and now right. and that was just I, an, I a to, year later yeah i think like a thing like you know one of the things that was interesting as this was unfolding uh is you know i happened to know a lot of uh, i happened to have a very close friend who works in entertainment law in the us and uh when i was telling her and she also loved the episode and then the controversy broke and she says she's so fed up because she works with folks in in uh, in the us and then she works with folks in india and she's like it's just like the absolute wild west like they will not engage legally with copyright issues uh with you know different types of credits like inspired by or thanks to or created by whatever or that's why not but what's the thing here but why because, because think about it like when i was growing up uh i know that we were 100 part percent part of a copycat culture think about anu malik songs bappi lahri songs all these songs that you heard in you know pop songs and that they would be the hindi version entire movies made from hollywood movies and remade in bollywood so it's just been how they do stuff they just take whatever but it's not possible anymore as you were saying right. because we are on these various streaming platforms they go everywhere you know everybody can access anything we are also hyper connected so something has to like intensely shift and you know like it always brings me back to this question and we're sort of running out of time but i really want to get this question out which is like there is like the politics the legality all yeah. of that stuff that needs to of course change but i can never decide whether the culture has to change first whether horrible controversies like what's happening to you right now have to happen before we grow up and accept that the laws have to engage or is does the culture have to change like for example in the us and we all live in the us uh as you know caste discrimination is going to be going on the books now uh, yeah. legally you know there are these states trying to pass it great victories for shama sawant and all these folks in seattle you know interesting stuff so culture has to change first or the law what's slower what needs to i know they need to move in tandem but what do you feel with all this going on I think I'm going to echo what is a very strong sentiment within the anti-caste community in the mm-hmm. United States. The strong sentiment here is that we can't wait for the culture to change because people will never feel charitable towards including dalit people, adivasi people, lower mm-hmm. caste people. We have to make the law 
so stringent and and powerful that they have to do it like why is caste why has caste traveled from india to everywhere in the world that's mm-hmm. because there were there was no accountability you know it's suddenly people who are have very racist and and sexist ideas in india go outside and are forced to change their ideology they are forced to respect black people whether they do it inside or not they're forced to respect the authority of women who are in charge whether mm-hmm. they want to or not because that's the culture there unless we have the power to create that culture which we don't because you uh-huh. know as dalits we are marginalized communities the the dominant caste culture is the dominant culture so when that's not happening then the law needs to step in i don't think we can wait for the culture to catch up and who knows how long that will take but once a law is there and there is an immigrant population that understands that if we discriminate against our dalit adivasi colleagues or you know and they're not just dalits from india dalits from nepal dalits from yeah, pakistan dalits from you know bangladesh if and sri lanka etc if we do that then we will be held accountable and we have to create a culture of accountability and unfortunately mm-hmm. whether we like it or not that comes from legality and mm-hmm. like the culture is so resistant in the US like right now when we are talking about caste their responses to say caste doesn't exist while violently also being casteist in the way they're talking about it Absolutely. so they're doing the same they're doing the two things they're saying you know whether they're talking through religious ideas or just what the way indian culture is they'll justify caste while also saying caste doesn't exist so mm-hmm. in a situation like that the best defense for folks is to have laws for example people will never accept trans or lgbtq people in who in of a certain part of the population will never say yes we recognize the humanity mm-hmm. but if there are laws then they will be forced to accept the humanity their personal right. feelings don't matter yeah. and yeah. then we create protections against whether it's trans or lgbtq people or whether it's dalit or marginalized people whether it's native people black people that's why like the civil rights law the movement was so important because it didn't change wait for the culture for white people to magnanimously accept black people right. as equals slowly forced them to do it through law so i feel that legality comes first and then it creates opportunity for the culture to catch up at yeah, least I- in this case I accept that. Thank you so much, Yashika. I know we are so running much. out of time, but thank you so much for your presence in this That's episode. A very inspiring, wonderful, such important stuff. Thank you for joining us. Thank I you. Appreciate being here. Thank you. We'll be back on the wire next week with another question, another exciting guest, and more conversation.